Welcome back to Regents Pod. We have a very special guest today. We have Ollie. Hello. Welcome, Ollie. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the uh, on the Regents Podcast. Good to have you. So, how are you enjoying the snow? The snow. The weather's just been. It's just been full of snow. Yeah, it's been interesting to say the least. Um, you know, haven't been able to get off the hill. Haven't been able to drive a car. Um, Slipped over a few times, but you know, we it's survived. It's um, but it's just the joys of living on a hill. Is, it's true. Um, it's when it's not snowing elsewhere, we get snow. So made it a few does look yeah. particularly beautiful. Yeah, on the it hill, does. it does. It really does. Not when you're lying in it, though. No. No. No, I imagine not. No. I. I well, I was walking to breakfast this morning, and because there's the slope bit. Yes. I was walking. I was like, I'm slipping a little bit, but it's fine. I'm not going to fall. A lady approaches me. I walk and I slip all the way over and land on my back. Oh dear. Uh, and the lady comes up to me and says, don't fall. <laughs> as, as I'm lying on the ground, already fallen. Bit so too I'm like, late. Cheers. So great. So you mind your head after you've bashed yeah. your yeah. head. Yeah. 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 Well, mind your head. Well, thanks. That's great. Yeah. Great. <laughs> oh, that's a great experience. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. So how are you doing, Ali? It's so good to have you. It's well, yeah, it's been an interesting year. So it's, you know, I'm in my third year now of studying at Regents. Mm. And every year has had its ups and downs and things happen that I didn't expect it. I mean, I came into Regents in September of 2020, just wow. after the first lockdown uh, due, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so that was uh, a year full of um, online lectures some in-person lectures, but with wearing masks, social distancing. We had these uh, kind of perspex barriers oh, yeah, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. tables okay. in the canteen, which was interesting to say the least. Um, and I've now reached my third year and it's all kicking off a little bit in terms of academic studies, um, deadlines approaching, dissertation in progress. Um, yeah, it's just been a really busy year, really busy year, um, and not just academically as well. Uh, there's lots of other bits and bobs going on, kind of socially in the college, um, and uh, kind of other life bits as well, like my parents just moved house recently, and then very shortly after that, my brother moved into his first house, wow. so there's lots of other bits and bobs going on in my life as well. So, But right now, I'm all right. Good. That's good. I'm all right. We that is to very see. good. Yeah. Um, what module are you doing at the moment? So right now, I'm te I'm technically not in a module. I'm technically right. in a blank gap in in the uh, academic year. Um, but I am. I've got a deadline in a week and a bit's time for the Pentecostal theology module, which is a level five module actually that I should have completed last year. But for various reasons, I didn't complete it last year. Mm. Somehow to do it this year instead. Um, so yeah, that's the module I'm in at the moment. And I'm for my 4,000 word research paper, I'm looking at kind of the development of Pentecostal eschatology. So the kind of origins of eschatology within the Pentecostal uh, kind of mm -hmm. sphere. Yeah. And then eventually I'm going to be talking about how that, it, how that should or shouldn't impact our viewpoint on ecology 
and eco-diversity and climate change and all those sorts of different things. Wow. So it's a quite an interesting paper. Yeah, yeah. sounds very interesting. Hard work, no, yeah, that's a yeah. lot yeah. of stuff. Around. It's quite a lot of stuff. But yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment. Nice. I mean, for some of these guys listening, they wouldn't know that James and I are only in our first year. Yeah. So we haven't had quite as much experience as Ali and uh, not had quite as much, you know, academic stress, shall I say, <laughs> no. shall I say, in, in a nice way. It's, um, it's really good to hear about, you know, all of the different papers that you've, you've yeah. written and uh, the things that you've, you can look back on. What would be your, like, favourite module maybe that you've done over oh, the last few years? So, oh, such a, it's such a hard question because all the modules bring something kind of different. Mm. Um, you know, if you're doing the Torah module, you're specifically looking at the first five books of the Old Testament, and that has swathes of content in, in its own right. Um, I'd say, especially when I was in my first year, I had a real fascination with kind of apologetics and things like that. So when it came to the end of the year, doing evangelism and apologetics as a module, yeah. I found that quite interesting. And um, I did a pretty, I, I wrote two, I'd say pretty good assessments on that. Um, I wrote a research paper and a blog post, and uh, the research paper was about a guy called Francis Schaeffer, who is a massive kind of evangelist apologist of the 20th century, who did a lot of work with young people and bringing them into his and his wife's house, and they'd kind of stay, and he would just learn what their life was about, understand what their, what, what their worldview was, mm. and then preach the gospel to them in a way that they understood. So I did a paper on that, and then I did a blog post on why I am a Christian. Yeah. Um, so that kind of went into um, the reasons that I hold my Christian faith. Okay. Um, so looking at a lot of evidentialist stuff, so the evidences for Christian theism and different bits and bobs like that. They were great fun to write. Yeah. It's nice when you get a paper that's... That's fun to write. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you yeah. do definitely get the ones which aren't fun to write. Oh, yeah. I've had my fair share of papers where I'm just staring at that deadline and be like, I cannot wait to yeah, submit yeah, this yeah. paper. Um, it's, it's one of those ones where... And it's not necessarily that like you're not... It's not necessarily that you don't enjoy the subject. Mm. You've just reached a point where you're just like, I can't quite get my thoughts on paper. Yeah, no. And all you want to do is just finish it get rid of it, close all the tabs on your laptop, mm. shut it down, go back to your room and just do something far more enjoyable, That's like true. scroll through YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I catch myself doing that. Maybe a mm. little bit too often. <laughs> I've tried. All right, you guys can hold me to this now. I've given up TikTok for Lent. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and oh. I've done well so far. That's good. I mean, I just deleted it, so yeah. it's hard to... Go on it when it's deleted. And how yeah. do you feel since stopping? How good? How it's been feel? good. I mean, the first few days, it was it was obvious <laughs> that I I was trying to stop. I mean, you know all of the little apps on your phone. Mm. When you delete one, they all kind of rearrange to form the same yeah. pattern where yeah. they were. And I keep accidentally opening my notes yeah. because that's where TikTok was. And I was like, I just think to myself, Ben, what are you doing? Like, you just keep pressing the way you think it should be. And but it just shows how addictive and repetitive yeah, yeah. our kind of brains, brains have formed our kind of pathways on our phone yeah. in the sense of like, you just know as soon as you unlock your phone, you're gonna- That's where I'm going. Click, click and yeah. you're there. Yeah. So it does feel 
it feels much better not having to be on it. Yeah. I think I would like to get to the stage where it's just there if I have the option. Like, yeah. It's quite nice. Like. Yeah, but yeah. I don't want to be like constantly going back to it. Yeah, it's like something I have to do as soon as I open my phone. Mm. And I think spending less time on my phone, it, like that's what it's made me do, spend less time on my mm. phone. And you know, that's always a good thing, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah, good, going well. Did you guys give up anything for Lent? Or? I didn't. No, no, not this year. No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't consciously really think about it too much yeah um maybe i should maybe it'd be a good spiritual discipline to bring in mm. giving something up for 40 days yeah. um but yeah just something i didn't really consciously think about this year to be fair i hold my hands up i wasn't consciously thinking about lent either mm. until about three days after lent started <laughs> so okay. i'm gonna do three days after the other end you know? okay. so it's still okay. so it's still the 40 days i'm, right. I'm balance it yeah out. i'm balancing it out but i would like kind of forgot that it was coming up and then I wasn't really thinking, oh, do you know what, I should give something up for Lent. But then it kind of just, it kind of fell into place about yeah. a few days after it started. That's pretty good, that's pretty good. And I'll it's good it. that you're, you know, you're not just stopping when everyone else is. Yeah, yeah. I've got to hold those three days. Yeah. yeah. Nice one. That's good. So with your notes app now in place with TikTok, yeah. are you trying to be more academic? Is that <laughs> spurring your... Well... I mean, I can try. You can try. I can try. Sometimes I open it, I'm like, oh, what's here? But nothing's changed since last time I opened it. Right. I've not written anything. Get those papers in. Yeah, though. get those papers in. I don't often write on notes now, though, mm. on, my, on my papers. Maybe I should. Maybe I should start writing down some thoughts. Possibly. Not that I have too many of those. I wish I still had TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I wish I still had TikTok. Oh, dear me. We'll get there. We'll get there. That's good. Very good. So it's not just, not just the academic side of Regents that we want to speak about the Wally. Okay. How have you find, like, have you found the social side? Like, tell me a little bit about what you get up to apart from your studies. It's a great question. I was, um, I speak to my youth pastor back home a lot about uni life because for 10 years he was a student success manager at the University of Arizona. Wow. So a massive university and a massively popular university. And he was in place to kind of, you know, make sure students succeeded and things like that. Um, and he said that university should be 60% academic and 40% social. So he really, really encouraged me that, yes, I'm here to get a degree. Yes, I'm here to study more about theology and biblical studies and things like that. But I should not neglect the friendships that I'll make. Mm. and the connections and the relationships that I'll build. Um, so I really took that as importantly as, you know, I, I considered that an important thing yeah. when I first arrived here. And in first year, as I said, we arrived just after COVID lockdown. So we got masks, we got social distancing, we got bubbles and things like that. And, you know, um, also as well with that, especially when lockdown two came around in November of 2020, um, everything in the country shut down, which means we couldn't even, we didn't even have the option of going out somewhere. You know, um, pub, pubs were shut, um, all sorts of different entertainment places like cinemas, bowling, all that sort of stuff was all yeah. shut down. So we were almost forced to socialize with each other in a way, but it was wonderful because we all spent time together, mm. um, especially in between kind of my year group and the year group above us, spent loads and loads of time 
just talking and building relationship and getting to know each other. Um, but then inevitably when things go wrong, you've got other people around you to kind of build you up and help you out. Um, so that was a real big point at the beginning of first year and now third year's come around and we've got those built up relationships and built up friendships where we can all kind of help each other out. And there's a strong community spirit of where, you know, if someone, you know, has some sort of issue or problem that comes up and needs a little bit of support, we can gather around them. Yeah. And it's not always perfect though. Mm. You know, sometimes people are left stranded out without any help, but that's just the nature of being on a social site um, is that sometimes things get missed out. Mm. Um, but it's been so wonderful being part of such a social community. And I was the leader, one of the leaders of the uh, kind of men's ministry group here called Bob, or Bob. Band of Brothers. Wow, um, what a name. And, a name. you know, uh, it was kind of my responsibility to, in a way, to facilitate events in which all the men on site could gather together and just build relationship with each other. And I think I did an okay job um, during my time as leader. We'd we say so, wouldn't we, James? Yeah, it's We'd still there. So. It's still going. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. It is still going. So, you know, we did all sorts of different events, uh, different gatherings together. Um, you guys came to my flat, as in all the men on site came to my flat on Shrove Tuesday. Mm. And we had pancakes while watching uh, Real Madrid absolutely spank Liverpool. That was good. I enjoyed that. That was an interesting night. Um, and, you know, we did the kind of um, silent library type games at the beginning of the year. Um, and that was honestly one of the best things I think I've witnessed at Regents that was really fun. in terms of doing all these hilarious activities but everyone trying to stay as silent as possible um, so yeah it's those sorts of things and then you know you you kind of build a core friendship group as well so I try and spend a lot of time with them uh, we've uh, kind of done days out together uh, we um, you know, hang out often, have dinner together, uh, things like that. So it's those are the kind of things I get up to outside of academic life. It's just general friendship, social stuff. Yeah. Um, and I have, I also outside of academic stuff, I'm planted with a local church here in Malvern as well. So, you know, you're trying to get kind of involved with them and see what they're up to. Part of a small group uh, where it's me, my friend Joshua, who's like 23 now, and then the rest of the group are all over 70. And wow. it's absolutely, I can't tell you how much of a blessing it's been to be part of a small group with so much wisdom and life experience. They're such wonderful people. It's mm. just, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. So yeah, that's kind of a kind of brief overview of wow. my kind of social life, I guess, outside of academic work here. It's really, it's really interesting, I think, because you were talking about talking to people and really socialising yeah. that aspect and building that friendship there but I think going back to the silent library stuff even though we weren't really talking there was still that building of connection which is oh, really absolutely. Yeah. and it, yeah it's a highlight for me as well yeah I think especially with that night you know you're playing games with each other which is always a good connection point um, we play football pretty much every single Wednesday we all go out to a sports centre and we all play football and that especially during really difficult periods has been a highlight of people's week. I, had, yeah. I ran football as well last year um, during my second year. So I was in charge of kind of making sure that 
you know, payments came in and we made sure we we're paying for the pitch fee and stuff. And so many people used to come up to me and say, this is the highlight of my week. This is an opportunity wow. in the middle of the week where I get to run around a bit, have some fun and generally de-stress. Mm. Um, you know, especially if it's a lecture week, you know, Wednesday evening is halfway through lecture week. So it's nice to get out and about and do something different. Um, and especially towards the end of the module where pressure really starts ramping with deadlines, um, it's an opportunity to just go and do something different and yeah. to um, kind of get off the hill as such. Um, you know, it's not easy to walk places around here. Um, you know, no, not anywhere but up. Not anywhere yeah. but up. Climbing. And even <laughs> if you want to get into town from here, it's a good 45 minute walk. So, you know, the opportunity to just get off the hill and go and drive to a sports centre and play football with all your mates, I think yeah. is fantastic. No, it's great. I really enjoy it. Yeah. It's good fun. I mean, it's, there's something like you've just been listing all of these different things. There's just something about spending time with, with people that yeah. you're friends with. It's just so life-giving, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And it's a unique experience because while when I, when I leave here and I go back to where I'm going to, I will have my friends and I will have my close circle of people but it won't be the same as if like I'm seeing them every single day mm. and it won't be the same as you know we have the morning devotions and Wednesday afternoon chapel and things like that mm -hmm. that won't happen no, you know no, when I'm back true. at home so again it's these unique experiences where I kind of see it as like a gathering moment we've gathered here for three years to intentionally study Mm. and intentionally grow in our relationship with God. But we don't do that as an individual. It's a group thing. There's 45 of us on site who have come here to do this. So it's not, it's, it's by no means an individual's journey. Yeah. It's all of us. If you get what I mean, it's a communal yeah, thing. Really good. Really cool. Thanks. Good. So I think it's time for our second. Our new segment. Our new segment. Are you ready? We're going to call it Lists and Twists. Now, lists Ollie, we're going to give you a topic to okay. list. Okay. Yeah. Which one to give? Yeah. Ollie, we need a list of your top five favourite desserts. Top, top five all time desserts. Top five all time favourite desserts. It's a great question. Because um, I do have a little bit of a sweet tooth. Um, I don't mind a dessert or two. Uh, I think top, absolute top of the list is a warm chocolate brownie with ice cream. Mm. I think I'm getting that every time. You know what? It's brave of you to come out with a first place straight away. I mean, that's yeah. a man who knows what he's yeah. talking about. Yeah, I've frequented enough desserts in my time to know which is my favourite. I think if someone were to ask me, I think I'd be struggling to... Place. Really? Yeah. Okay. You know, there are a lot of good ones out there. There yeah. are. But yeah. a chocolate brownie is a solid start. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? So number two is a sticky toffee pudding. Oh. Either with ice cream or custard. Oh. Uh, you, what about the toffee sauce? Would you go sauce with that? Or shout? Yeah, well, the, the, the stock sticky toffee puddings I buy tend to already have mountains of toffee sauce oh. anyway. So you just add a bit of ice cream or a bit of custard. Boom. Sorted. And it has a nostalgic feel mm. because... For a very long time, we have roast dinners every single Sunday in my house at home, yeah. and every Sunday the dessert would be a sticky toffee pudding with either custard or ice cream. So um, 
that was yeah that's definitely number two uh number three is a recent addition oh uh which is apple crumble with either ice cream or custard uh there's a bit of a theme going on here there's a little bit yeah there's a little bit anything um, with custard or ice cream yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and then fourth is banana custard no 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 i'm kidding oh man those are really the only three desserts i'd actually just pick. top three top three yeah, so those are kind of the three that I would pick if I was kind of going somewhere. Mm. Why is Apple Crumble recent? Because um, I didn't really have it beforehand, like before coming to college, before I had my own flat. It wasn't really a thing. Mm. But my friend Joshua, who I mentioned earlier, loves an Apple Crumble. So I made him one for his birthday. And we all ate it, and it was fantastic. Wow. Well, if I say so myself. Oh, yeah, it was yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Of course. Yes, um, of course. You know, so just a bit of a flex there. Yeah, um, yeah. He's a great yeah. chef as well. Wow. Yeah, so it's, yeah, those are kind of my three. Mm. To pick four and five, again, it's going to be chocolate-based stuff because I absolutely right. love my chocolate. So, like, a chocolate and orange tort you can get. Oh, yeah. It's like a thin, real thin crumbly pastry with, like, a chocolate and orange ganache through the middle of it. Sounds quite posh. <laughs> it's pretty basic, pretty simple. Uh, and then a Cadbury's mini roll. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Everyone at home is going to be absolutely mocking me right now. They're going to be rinsing me for saying that. I mean, you can't you can't bash a mini roll. No, they're fantastic. They're, it's a staple. Yeah, and you know, you buy a pack, you eat five in one go. It's just it's just how it goes. So, and that's why it's number five. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So well, yeah, those are my those are my dessert choices. We've had our list. Yeah, James, give him the twist. <laughs> wow, the twist. How can you relate? Right. So when movements of God happen, yeah. people are more so quick to list the five things they don't like about it rather than the five things that they do like about it. Why, why do you think that is? If we're looking at it theologically, you've listed things that you do like, and that was pretty easy for you to do. You yeah. listed them straight away. Why do you think people are quick to sort of turn it around the other way, sort of list the bad things first rather than the good things, especially when it comes to what God's doing? That's really interesting. Um, it's something I've pondered on for a while, a while because I think we elevate our negative experiences. I think it's really easy to elevate our negative experiences. I can talk about how I came to Christ. And I can talk about before my, before my Christian walk. I can talk about all the bad things that were going on. And then, oh, Jesus came in. And then all of a sudden, everything's really, really nice. I can frame it in that way. Um, which is not necessarily a bad way of framing it, but it doesn't tell the whole story. Uh, I think, gosh, I think also, there's a lot of negativity in the Bible. There is a lot of points, especially you look through the Old Testament, there's a lot of points where Israel fails. There's a lot of points where key people fail. You look all throughout the entire narrative of the Old Testament, there are people failing. Yes, they're succeeding as well, but they're failing. So it's quite easy to point out the failures. In our society at the moment, bad news gets more attention than good news. Mm. You know, you look at, you know, I've, I see, yes, I try and look out for the good news stories, and I love the good news stories. But when you go on BBC News, Sky News, etc., the top story is usually going to be something negative. So generally speaking in British culture, I think we find it so much easier to talk about negativity than positivity. Mm. Um, so th those are a few quick wow. thoughts. From yeah, good thoughts. 
for a good twist. For a good twist. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you weren't expecting that. I was not expecting that. That was a twist. Hard hitting. That was a twist. That it was. That's lists and twists for you. Do you know what I mean? It's a great segment. Thank it's a great segment. Thanks, James. No, no, that was James' idea, everyone. Well, that was no, James no, no, no. We we went. <laughs> we came up with it together. Oh, yeah. right, right. I'll just put. Hold on. I'll just drop the twenty quid you gave me before I <laughs> say that. Well, like we spoke about at the start, mm. the whole point of Regents Pod and what it's all about is to hear people who um, have journeyed through Regents and are journeying through Regents, just about what their their testimony is, mostly before they even came. Mm. And what life was like, um, you know, back then. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Back then. All those many years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How it was, and and what you get up to, because you know we we spend so much time with with you. Yeah. But maybe we don't we don't really understand everything that that happened before Regent. So yeah. Please just give us an idea, uh, just a little bit of your testimony. I think we'd love to hear it. Gosh, well, it's really interesting because. Both of you grew up in a Christian household, is that right? Yeah. So yeah. from day dot, you go to church, you're in a church community, and you've had exposure to scripture and prayer and all those things right from an early age. I haven't had that. So no. I didn't become a Christian until I was 18 years old. I didn't start going to church until I was 16 years old. And even though I had lots of Christian influences in my life, i.e. going to a Church of England primary school, and my parents putting on every form that I was Church of England mm. uh, and being christened in the Church of England as a baby. Um, no, I didn't have that constant, consistent kind of yeah. real church exposure. I wasn't going to church every week. I wasn't praying. I wasn't reading the Bible or anything like that. Uh, and if I'm honest, throughout my teenage years, I turned into a kind of a scoffy, atheist, agnostic type character where... You know, I'd go into my physics lessons and I'd learn all about the Big Bang and different theories of creation and things like that. Uh, theories of creation? That's not the right phrase. Kind of theories of where the universe came from. Mm. And I'd sit there and I would scoff like, how can Christians believe that God made this when the evidence is just so stacked that it just kind of happened by itself and didn't really realize the flaws in my logic there at the time. So I was a bit of a scoffy, atheist, agnostic teenager. But I always had a little bit of, you know, being fascinated with the origins of the universe in my physics classes, because I had that fascination, kind of meant that there was a small window in which potentially I could be open to the idea of a god or beings that aren't necessarily physical matter mm -hmm. in a sense um i you know go to school as most kids do uh, i end up meeting um i end up meeting a guy who's just moved to the school uh, his name's josh and he um we we very quickly click and get on really really well and then i find out that his family all of them go to church and they've been christians their entire life and I'm like, this is a bit weird, um, but he's a good friend, so I'll keep him around, kind of thing. And yet, slowly but slowly, he starts drip-feeding kind of different aspects of Christianity into my life. And I'm like, well, Josh, church is boring. It's all about pews and standing up and sitting down and singing boring hymns. So then he goes and shows me a service on YouTube from like Hillsong whatever. Yeah. And I'm like... 
that's not church. And he's like, that is church. That is, those are people worshiping God. Yeah, yeah. They're just doing it in a way where they're not wearing a suit and they're dancing about a bit. And that fascinated me. And that's always stuck with me. And it eventually led to him saying, Ollie, why don't you come to church? So he wasn't saying, oh, why don't you go to church? He was saying, why don't you go to church? What's uh-huh. the reason you are not coming to church with me on a Sunday? Yeah. I didn't have an answer. Well, I didn't have an answer, so I went. And I went. And it was, um, it was early September uh, t- 2013 was uh, when I first walked through the doors of a school hall because they didn't have their own building. Yeah. Um, and um, still don't have our own building today. Uh, walked through the uh, school hall um, on a Sunday morning and I just stayed. Honestly, I just stayed. I wasn't wow. convinced. Uh, they were fine. They were friendly. They welcomed me in. Um, but I just wasn't convinced. Uh, I even went to Soul Survivor. Saw all sorts of different things happen during those services. I just wasn't convinced. And I ended up kind of... So at this point, I'm in sixth form. Mm. Done my first year of sixth form. And things haven't gone well academically. Um, and um, so this is a point you guys wouldn't have experienced this this is a point where sick forms could still kick you out if you hadn't achieved the correct grades so I reached a point I'm just about to start year 13 I'm just about to start second year of sick form but I know I haven't got the grades I know when the results come in they're going to ask me to leave so I start looking for apprenticeships I eventually get one I get an apprenticeship doing IT support uh, for a company in Bristol. Um, so I just leave sick form and go and do that. And what started there was one of the worst years of my life because the apprenticeship was so hard. Mm. I had, you know, bear in mind, I had some knowledge of IT. You know, I'd played around a bit with computers at home, but never doing IT support on behalf of other companies. And it was just hard. Really, really hard. I didn't get a lot of support within the company. I was traveling hours back and forth every single day mm. um, just to get to work. All came to a head when basically for months, the owner of the business was just horrible to me, mainly because I went to church on Sundays. I wasn't even a fully committed Christian. Yeah. And this guy absolutely just, he took the mick out of me. He joked all the time about the fact that I went to church. And, you know, I didn't like that, mainly because he was insulting the people who I called friends. Mm. All came to a point where I was offered the opportunity to go out to a church in America to kind of do a short internship thing. And my friend Josh, who had introduced me to the church, was going along with another friend, Pierce. I said to Josh one night, I remember this clear as day, it was a Tuesday evening at youth at the church at uh, kind of the pastor's house and I said to Josh Josh I can't come to America with you because I've got too much work to do in order to finish this apprenticeship Um, I had I'd only completed one qualification and I was meant to get four so I still had three qualifications to get so I said I can't do it the next day I go to work as normal I sit down at my desk half an hour later the owner walks in the first thing the owner says to me is some insult 
about the fact that I go to church or some insult about Christianity in general. That's the first thing he said to me that Wednesday morning. And from that point, I was like, right, I'm done. I'm going. I'm leaving. I'm quitting this job and I'm going to America to do this. Literally, it's three weeks. That's all I, all I, all I could have out there was three weeks because I had other things going on as well. And I booked the tickets. Looking back, God provided the money because I wasn't very good at saving money. But God provided the money. Um, and I quit my job and I flew out to America and I spent three weeks living at um, a, one of the pastors at the church, spent living at his, his house. His family was so welcoming. And even though I wasn't on the official internship they were doing, I spent a lot of time with the interns at this church. They welcomed me like one of their own, even though I wasn't a committed Christian. And this is crazy. You won't see a lot of churches bringing in non-Christians as kind of interns or volunteer workers, but they welcomed me in. And after those three weeks, I could not deny that God existed and Jesus Christ was my Lord and Saviour wow. who saved me from all of my sin. And it was at that point, I remember it, July 19th, 2015, I'm getting a lift back with the pastor I'm staying with from a young adults event. It's about 11 o'clock at night and I just pour my heart out to him and I say, Alan, I get it now. I understand it. This is real and this is what I want to do. And I feel like God is calling me to youth ministry. Mm. And that, and we just, he started crying. I started crying. Well, I'm going like, to cry. Yeah, it was just <laughs> one of those moments. You just fully got it. Yeah. And I, I love those words. Yeah. I, I, I get it now. Yeah, because I didn't get it. But then I got it. God revealed it to me. And I was able the next day to tell my friend Josh, you know, he'd been with me all this time and he'd taken me to church and he dragged me the soul survivor and he preached the gospel to me so many times. I was like, Josh, it's a load of rubbish. And sat there at famous Dave's barbecue and I tell him and he's stunned and we hug and embrace and my friend Pierce is there as well and we hug as well. And then I got to tell the interns later on and they all prayed for me and yeah, it was just one of those massive celebration moments. So that's kind of where it all yeah. went. And I'm missing out huge swathes of detail. There was so much going on at that time as well. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of it. I, I you know, I, I just quit this, um, this job, this apprenticeship mm -hmm. where it was just, I'd learned so much, but it was just horrible. Yeah. It was such a horrible workplace. Mm. And then... And it's funny because straight after that, you know, I'm on fire for God. I've just given my life to Christ. He's just saved me. And I'm like, well, God's called me to be a youth pastor. God's called me to youth ministry. Therefore, I need to go do that immediately. So I'm applying for jobs, left, right and center, looking at all this. Nothing comes through. Absolutely nothing. And I'm like, what the heck is this? I don't understand what's going on. Then I end up getting a phone call about a temporary IT job at Avon and Somerset Police. They just need someone to come in for three months, just as an extra pair of hands. I'm like, okay, it's not really what I want to do. I didn't really want to go back into IT, um, but it's only a three month contract. So, you know, I'll pop back, I'll yeah. pop over there and do that for a bit. Makes sense. Eight years later, I'm still there. I end up getting a permanent job, end up going doing something else. And that ends up being kind of what I do for the next six, seven years. And even then, the past two summers, I've gone back on temporary contracts in between. So 
it was one of those things where I knew God was calling me into youth ministry, mm. but it didn't look like how I wanted it to look. And then I came to college and I'd had all sorts of different experiences being a youth leader at my church and kind of um, all sorts of different things going on with COVID. And I just walked into college and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm not working with youth ministry. I'm not working in youth ministry ever again. Mm. I'm never doing that again. Come to the end of college, I'm going back to my home church as a trainee minister and one of my main responsibilities is going to be working with the youth. Wow. So, so God kind of, he's like, yeah, you're going to do that. And yeah, I have been doing youth ministry for all those years since I came back from America. But now I'm going back into it at a capacity where yeah. I've got, you know, even more responsibility. So and cool. whoever knows, I might end up being a youth pastor in the future, mm-hmm. where kind of the direction of the discipleship of young people within my church is my responsibility. But for now, I'm going back as a trainee pastor. And mm-hmm. it's just amazing to see how God works. You yeah. know, I thought I was going to go straight into like full time youth ministry. God was like, absolutely not. And then I came to college. I was like, I'm never going back into youth ministry. And God was like, absolutely not. So yeah, that's kind of wow. Thank you. Where I'm up to now. Let me just ask you one question. This is what I've just been thinking while you said that. The the boss of the the company mm. that you worked at in Bristol. Yeah. If he was to walk in here right now, what well, what would you say to him? What would be what would be your your thoughts? I've thought about this a lot. You know, I thought about this a lot, and I genuinely I have because it was such an interesting and crazy and weird environment. You know, I was 17, 18 years old, Mm -hmm. going into an environment that I'd never been placed in before, doing work that I'd never done before. And and I'm not trying to sound big-headed or sound like I have kind of an upper hand here, but I would genuinely apologise to him for the awful employee that I was. Because I will admit, there were days where days and days and days and days where I just slacked and I didn't do any work or I did very minimal work because I just had no motivation or enthusiasm to be there Mm. for many different reasons. So I would apologize to him for being an awful employee and I would love to see his reaction to that and see whether he would apologize for being a bad boss because he knows, I'd like to think that he knows that his insults towards me were too much. And I'll tell you a really interesting story. In the February of 2015, mm-hmm. so you're talking five, five months before I went out to America, yeah. the five months before I quit the job, I'd actually told my tutor, so this is an apprenticeship, so I, I was connected to a college, I told my tutor, I'm leaving and I'm not coming back to this job. Wow. I just said, I'm not coming back. I can't handle this anymore. And I basically called in sick. So this was a Monday. I called in sick Tuesday to Friday. And uh, by the end of the week, um, nothing had rematerialized. They tried to place me in a new apprenticeship within Bristol, but nothing rematerialized. And I just said, well, what do I do? Like, I'm stuck here now. And the tutor just said, it's your choice whether you go in or not. And I didn't really know what my options were. You know, if I knew what I had back then, I would have taken it in a different way. But I didn't know what my options were. So I went back to work. And 
it was interesting because my tutor said, don't say too many things because there could be legal things involved here. You know, like, you know, I'm having a massive dispute with my boss in which I don't want to go to work. So mm -hmm. um, anyway, I came back and his attitude changed. So my boss's attitude completely changed. There were a lot less jokes. And then when he did make kind of insults, they were actually quite funny. Like it wasn't just ripping in. It was like they were actually quite jokey and yeah. I was able to bounce back on that. Yeah. So I don't know if that week I was off, I don't know if my tutor or the head of IT for the college, I don't know if they'd rung him and had a massive go at him because he was completely different the week after. But I still ended up leaving because of the situation and the environment that it was and the kind of lack of support I got. Yeah. But I'd like to think that if he walked in here right now, I'd be amicable, I'd apologize. And we just have a conversation as like, you know, how's things going? Yeah. Let me tell you my story. You tell me your story kind of thing. I'd like to think that's how it would go. Yeah. So yeah, that was, it was a really weird time in my life. So yeah. I think, I suppose, shifting the focus as well at the end towards the future, um, I suppose, well, I guess, five goals in the next five years. Five's the great number of the day, apparently. <laughs> it is, um, it is. But yeah, do you, do you, I mean, do you have them or have you thought about them? I've got a couple of goals. So I'm going, um, as I said, I'm going to be a trainee minister back in my home church. And my church is an Assemblies of God church. And I've just been accepted onto the uh, Assemblies of God minister and training course. Subject, to, N subject to NLT approval. There's still like one little thing that needs to be done yet. Um, but apart from that, I'm on the course and that starts in May. Um, so obviously one of my goals is to finish that. So hopefully within three years time, I'll be able to go to AOG National Conference and be fully ordained as oh. a minister mm -hmm. with Assemblies of God. So that's one of my goals. Second goal is I need to evangelize to my family way more. I'm the only Christian in my family. I'm the only churchgoer in my family. If you add up all of my extended family, all of them from mum's side, dad's side, there's probably well over, well, between 50 and 80 people. Wow. I'm the only one who goes to church. I'm the only one who uh, declares themselves as a Christian. So I need to evangelize to my family more. It's a great goal. And trust God that he will um, build his church in his way. Mm -hmm. My third goal is I want, and this is something I've been speaking with, um, so during an earlier module, uh, Models of Youth Ministry, um, Tim Alford kind of challenged us with like setting goals and things like that. And I said, within four years, so not even five years, within yeah. four years, I want every single young person in my church to be mentored by someone. So I want every single young person to have a mentor mm -hmm. who they're meeting with on a regular basis in which they are discipling each other and building relationship with each other in order to edify themselves and to kind of, you know, so there'll be prayer involved in that, there'll be scripture reading involved with that. Yeah. And general kind of this idea of, oh, someone outside of my family cares about me and wants to have a relationship and like mm. a friendship with me. That's so good. I think that's really That vital. is really it's good. important. Um, yeah. I'm currently mentoring one of my young people um, from and I meet him I kind of voice call him once a week yeah. and that's just so 
it's like it's edifying me like you think of like this idea of like oh the mentor just tells the person they're mentoring everything about life and then they go on and do that no 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 it's definitely a two-way thing yeah and i've been so blessed by having that and i mentored someone before i came to college as well so three and a half years we met nearly every single week in person and it built me up so yeah. much like and i was meant i was the one meant to be mentoring them yet yeah. i got so much out of it mm-hmm. so that's one of my that's that is one of my goals that's that is fantastic I yeah. mean, all you youth workers out there let's have that as a goal yeah for everyone yeah. honestly like every church yeah you know i'm a massive advocate for multi-generational church yeah that is one way of getting multi-generational church Very where you can goal. have someone who is 30 40 50 60 70 80 90 years old Mm-hmm. sit with someone who is between maybe the ages of 11 to 18 yeah. and just share life mm-hmm. and be like oh you know the the young person be like oh school was really hard today for this this and this and the older person be like well you know all those years ago i had to say similar experiences and this is how i resolved it well you know it's just those little things yeah. like that um that make such a difference in such a young person's life um so that that's those three goals. Four, a bit of a jokey one. Yeah. Replace my car. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a wonderful car at the moment. I've got a Mazda MX-5, which he no student it. should ever own because it. whilst it's phenomenal, it's only got two seats um, and it's not very practical. It's fun to drive, but it's not very practical. So. Um, that's another goal no, that's a good, yeah. that uh, probably needs to happen this year, <laughs> you know. Um, so I need to do that. Um, fifth goal, oh, I just want to grow in my relationship with God. I want to yeah. get to know God better. Um, I know that's a bit of a generic goal, but honestly, I follow loads of different pastors and theologians on Twitter. And all of them kind of, especially the pastors, they kind of all say the same thing. Your prayer life will reflect your external ministry Mm. or words to that effect so if i can spend so much time praying and so much time kind of being in the presence of god and being in the word of god yeah fingers crossed (laughs) my external ministry will benefit from that and i'll be more effective because god is working more through me so yeah there you go five goals that's fantastic well, They're all very important. Yeah. They are. They are. Yeah, I think so. Well, just as we come to a close, mm. let me ask you one final question, <laughs> and then um, and then I'll pray, mm. and then uh, we'll come to a close. So, the final question we want to know is, Ali, what is your favourite bit of scripture? My favourite bit of scripture. What is the one that that you wear? What is the one that's like, yep, yeah, this one right here. This one's my go-to bit of scripture. Do you have one? If you don't, I mean, that's fine. I mean, the whole, all of the scripture is pretty yeah. good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's kind of... Sometimes there's one that you always go back to. Rely. Yeah. I think I've had some extremely tricky moments being at college where my emotional well-being and mental well-being has dipped to an, a, an absolute low that I cannot even begin to describe to you. Mm. And Psalm 23 
has been a psalm that I've consistently gone back to. That idea of when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. That idea of you're walking through something right now where you can't even really see light. You can't even really, you don't even know what's going on. You're just in the middle of murky chaos. But God is still with you through that. I think that's so beautiful and so humbling as well. A lot of times when we go through really, really tough times, we can just kind of look inwards on ourselves. Woe is me. But God is still there with you. He's like, come on, keep going. (laughs) I'm with you. I've got you. You know, Um, and the idea of lament is really, I've been thinking about and talking about lament for years. This idea that sometimes you just have to get on your knees and go, God, I do not know what is going on. I don't know why this is going on. I can't do anything to change it. But that is okay because you're still in control. That idea of healthy lament, healthy mourning. Mm -hmm. And I think Psalm 23 expresses that so beautifully. um, That he is the shepherd who brings us into these kind of pastures and these beautiful scenes of glory Mm. even when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death um we shouldn't have any fear yeah because god's got us easier said than done but he's really got us yeah yeah. and i've learned that a lot over the past couple years oh brilliant well thank you so much ollie for for joining us today it's been great i'll just i'll just pray and then um yeah call it there lord thank you so much for ollie Lord, and, and thank you how you just moved, Lord, and, and journeyed with him through his entire life, Father. I thank you that up until this point, you have um, been with him wherever he goes, Father, and uh, we know that you have fantastic plans for Ali, Lord, as he leaves Regents this year and as he moves on to, to working for you and working for your kingdom, Lord. I just pray that he would serve you in, in all that he does and all that he is. In your holy name, amen. 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 Thanks, mate. Thank you. It's been really good. No, it's been great. Well, thank you very much for watching and listening to the podcast. Make sure you share it with friends, share it with your family and just people you know, and to just really encourage them and just help them through their day. So thank you very much. Hopefully we'll see you next week with another episode. But yes, thank you very much. Goodbye. See you next week.